welcome to the Dude Logic Podcast, the place for no holes barred, informative, and entertaining banter. This is the place where man logic ultimately prevails. I'm Chris, and I'm in the studio with AJ. Man, appreciate the introduction, Chris. Listeners out there, I just want to say thank you for listening to last week's episode, the week before that, and all the other episodes that we've had previously. We do this for you. Keep writing in. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on our website. Chris is going to give you all that information later. We need to hear from you. We want to hear what you want to hear about because we're going to give it to you every week. We love y'all. Hey, Chris, they're not ready for it this week, man. It's about to go down. It's about to go down. And we have our special guest in the studio with us again. You know him. It's D. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's D, back in the studio. They told me that this episode was going to make me so angry, I had to come back to see what they were talking about. Yep. See what they got going on, because I promise you, it's not going to be what they think it is this time around. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, so, you know, we start out with nonsense. So, AJ, anything on your mind, man? You look like you something's on your mind. Uh, Yeah, man. You know, I was just uh, talking to a good friend of mine earlier today, and we were having a conversation. And uh, she was telling me about, you know, the fact that recently she's found herself finding, like, being really attracted to men with beards. And uh, she couldn't understand why she felt this way or why all of the guys she wanted to talk to recently have full beards. And I, I broke it down to her very simply and plain. And I said, bearded men are just sexier. They're just better, better men all around. I mean, we're, we're more handsome. We're, you know, bearded men. I mean, this is a scientific fact that bearded men are more handsome. Mm, science, huh? Are, are, are more virile. You know, better lovers. We're stronger for sure. Uh, confident, even better public speakers. At the mm. end of the day, everything in life is better as a bearded man. Period. All right, AJ. You know, science. I mean, it's, it's science. There's there's a study somewhere that says this. I'm sure of it. The scientist in me wants to know where that data is, man. Where is the data? Uh, you know, give me five minutes on Google, and I will find a a study somewhere that backs up what I'm saying. Because <laughs> right. I know in my heart what is true. I mean, you know, I. This is also from my own study that I keep in my head. It's a running tally. I just kind of watch what goes on in, in life, and I see women as they look at me with my full beard. And uh, it's pretty clear that they love it. Right. So, are you sure they're not wondering what the hell's going on with you? Uh, no, no, because they all come up to me and tell me that I am extremely handsome and it, they are infatuated with a beard. Because that's how it goes. Clearly, I paid them and my message was delivered. So, good job working. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They were paid. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so like- AJ. You talking about all these people are successful, they make more money, all that stuff. All right. So let's say in the real world, when people go into the professional arena, into the mm-hmm. professional area, and yes. it's frowned upon to have a full beard. They have to shave it, right? So That's how just... can you sit here and say that they actually make more money if people who are professionals have to shave their beards? I mean, honestly, that's just, you know, some guy somewhere who couldn't grow a beard felt threatened by bearded men, and he decided to change uniform standards so that beards were not allowed, you know? Mm. But the men out here who are really making money don't have to worry about whether or not they shave in the morning. Let's be honest. Bill Gates could carry a full beard tomorrow, and nobody would care. But Uh, why doesn't he? 
Because Bill Gates is lame. <laughs> you hear that, I, listeners? Every boy. <laughs> tell Bill Gates that AJ said he's lame. You're not doing great. I mean, let's... All right. Here's, okay, the, well, here's, well, here's the world's best example of what a beard does for you. <clears throat> the Dos Equis commercial? The world's most interesting man. Chris, <laughs> answer this question for me. Is he bearded or is he a child? He's bearded. He's bearded. Exactly. And you know why? Because without that beard, he would not be interesting. Okay, come on. Now, that is not causative. It's just a correlation. The beard does not make him interesting. I got to jump in here. I'm sorry. So let me ask you a question since we're talking about interesting people. The most powerful man on the planet. What's his name? Uh, okay, that would be President I mean, Barack Hussein Obama. Okay, no, 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 hush. No, okay, let me ask you this, y'all. He, we're talking about bearded people. The President of the United States of America. Name the last one that had a beard that was of relevance to what's going on. Oh, AJ, you should be able to do that, right? Um, look, you know, it's, it's said that possibly the most influential president ever in the history of the United States was Abraham Lincoln, bearded man. John Quincy Adams, bearded man. Bearded man and I can right. go on. There's the whole list. And you know what? At the end of the day, the world's most powerful man is not Barack Hussein Obama. It's someone we've never heard of. Who has a beard, huh? That the CIA can't find. Because <laughs> he's in the middle of nowhere making all kind of money that we, we don't know about being made. But if right. that's the case... If the and he's bearded. But if the president has the ability to change his look and he can have whatever look he likes, he is essentially the quintessential professional. Am I right, Chris? Given his status as the president of the United States, there's no higher authority that you would have in, in the quote-unquote professional world, and yet he is always clean-shaven. Well, well, in, in defense of our president, you know, because I am a fan, President Barack Hussein Obama in his role and capacity as president of the United States, has to be a man of the people. And unfortunately, most people are intimidated by a man with a beard, okay? You know, in an effort to not intimidate his constituents, the people who live within the United States, us citizens, he keeps it clean shaven. But if it was his own choice, he knows the beard is, is much more debonair. But he's never had a beard. Go back to any of the file photos that have ever been shown of him in his days of college when he first started his political career. He's always been a well-together, clean-cut guy. What is wrong with being clean-cut and professional? How, how is it that they are lesser in the world of a man than those that are bearded? All I'm saying is Obamacare would have got passed within the first three months of his first term had he had, had a beard. All right, so we're talking about these clean-shaven people. What about people who may even be trying to grow a beard but can't necessarily do it? Like, they can't connect or they get patches everywhere. Are they any less of a man because they can't? I mean, you should speak on it, Chris. You're one of them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to get this answer out of AJ. Uh, so, it's, it, so you're asking me that if a man is unable to grow a beard, is he less of a man? That is correct. The definitive answer to that is yes. <laughs> Sorry to all our non-bearded listeners. You know, for you out there struggling to grow facial hair, um, you may not have gone through puberty yet. It's okay. 
<laughs> oh, whoa. But if, but if it's an issue. Low blow. <laughs> you know, um, they may have some some facial plugs, some hair plugs you might be able to do. You could always draw it on. I'm sure your, your lady can show you how to uh, draw on some mascara line. I don't know. You know, you can use makeup. Makeup works. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, there's probably a, a spray paint for it or wait, something. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. So, so you're saying that it is okay for a man to put hair plugs on his face. Doesn't this go back to the first time I was on the show when we talked about J.J. White getting plastic surgery on his face? Mm-hmm. How that wasn't justified mm-hmm. because his mom wanted him to get it done? Mm-hmm. He's playing a gridiron game that gets you injured and scarred. <laughs> and now you're saying if you don't have a beard, it's okay to get hair plugged? Do you hear yourself? Yes, I do. And this is my my thinking behind that. Um, you can't be thinking. Oh, I am. Uh, I'm, def- I'm definitely taking man law into consideration. And yes, it is unmanly to have facial surgery. But it is even less manly not to have a beard. So in order to make yourself appear more of a man, then I will allow facial surgery. So, yes, you can go get hair plugs, gentlemen, if you do not have a beard. That is like the ultimate man law violation in in, in the sense of you're still allowing replacement of your natural face. I'm sorry if if your hair doesn't grow. Then it doesn't grow. Do like Chris. Only get a patch and be settled with the patch. A patch is better than having absolutely no hair in your face at all. (laughs) So I will agree with that. But a full beard is definitely the the way to go. Please, please send in your comments. I cannot wait to read the mail on this one. First off, I did not say go and grow a bum's beard. A well-manicured beard is more than professional. It's distinguished. I mean, think about it like this, right? Think about some of the funniest guys that are out there. Uh, comedians that you see on TV and movies, etc. Would Zach Galifianakis still be funny if he didn't have the beard? I think not. Hmm. Really? Yes. Okay. Chris Tucker. Name a movie in which he's had facial hair, goatee, or anything. Is he not funny? Uh, he would be funnier with a beard, for sure. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy has been everything ever known to man because he plays every character ever in all of his movies. Funnier. <laughs> so does Kevin Hart have a beard? Kevin Hart has facial hair. He keeps a goatee. So he's yeah. trying. He's trying. He's halfway there. Okay. He might want to go ahead and grow a full beard for his next movie or stand-up. All right, so what you're trying to say then is that if you don't have facial hair, you're not funny. Not as funny. Not as funny. All right, listeners, this is the time for you to write in. Please. As an actor, whether it's comedy, drama, whatever, are you more compelling? Are you a better actor? Do you get better jobs if you have facial hair? Are you funnier if you're a comedian if you have facial hair? I really want to hear from you. Write to dudelogicpodcast at gmail.com. You can put comments on our webpage at www.dudelogicpodcast.com. You can write to us on Twitter at at dudelogicpod. That's at dudelogicpod. And you can actually write to us on Facebook as well at www.facebook.com slash dudelogicpod. Send those things in. Please. Address all of the hate mail to AJ because clearly he's been drinking. Yes. I'm just letting it be known for all of our listeners out there. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to do a good deed for all of you. Uh, as a former Boy Scout, 
you got to do a good deed every day, okay? Mm. And this is this is my opportunity with this form to speak to men and women out there. Women, please write in. Let us know. Do you find men more attractive with or without a beard? We want to hear it. The main topic. Our do logic main topic of the day is what's in a name? And we're going to talk about the societal implications of naming your kids what could be considered weird or even ethnic type names. Is there actually an effect that society view you a different way? And is there a potential impact in business, education, or whatever the children go through? So what's in a name, AJ? I believe your name is is, is everything. Uh, I, I believe that your name is is the first thing that you encounter that can really affect who you become. Uh, I believe there's power in a name. And, you know, who you're named after, what you're named after, what your name is, becomes a lot of what people stand for. Uh, you know, they talk about having a good name, coming from a good name. You know, when you have a reputation and your name follows you, you know, that, that, reputation, that, that reputation and that name are associated together. Um, I believe that a name can, can actually affect a person's personality. You know, when you think of, of I mean, something as simple as, as a young lady being named Joy. You know, I know a, a few Joys in my life and most of them are extremely jovial. Uh, or when you think of something like, you know, if you were to name your son, son Adolf, that might not be the greatest name for someone at this point in, in, in time. I don't think I would ever name my child Adolf. And <laughs> if you don't know what that name, where that comes from, then you need to go read a history book. Uh, Adolf, A-D-O-L-P-H, if I'm, is that correct? Uh, okay. Actually, if you're talking about the Adolf, it's A-D-O-L-F. Mm-hmm. Ah, correct. Correct. Well, you know, actually, so you heard about that story about the couple in New Jersey who had named their three kids after Nazis? Oh, wow. No, I didn't. I missed that altogether. Including including Adolf Hitler. Were they neo-Nazi? No, they were not. (laughs) But there was there was a whole there was a whole, you know, flack about that. And a lot of. Okay, I mean, I. And to a certain extent, there's part of me that, that thinks there could have been a, a, a good side to this. So if you were to name your children after something like a, a, if, after Nazis, it might have been to remind them that this is not what you want to do with your life. Like it's a constant reminder of the fact that negativity exists in the world, but you don't have to necessarily embody that. You could go that way, right? Or were they just racist people and they decided to name their children after extremely racist people? See, that's the thing. You don't really know the motivations behind naming. Oftentimes, I want to ask parents why they gave their, their children the names that they did, for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you think about, like, even the stars who have, you know, these famous stars who have kids. Oh, my God. Wait, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow no- has Apple, right? Yeah. Blanket. Um, blanket, yeah, blanket. R.I.P. Michael Jackson, but naming your child Blanket. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking. And most recently, the two that, that disgust me the most, Blue Ivy. Really, you named your daughter after your favorite color, Jay-Z. And 
Northwest? Really? We're, we're naming our children directions now? <laughs> Why not Southwest, Kanye? What, what about um, Rob Morrow? Isn't his daughter named Two? So, Two Morrow? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You know what's one of the most awesome names ever given to a child? What's that? Seven Serious Benjamin. Shout out to Andre Benjamin from Outcast. <laughs> Can't wait to see y'all at Coachella. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Outcast reunion 2014. If you don't know who Outcast is, you need to go ahead and find a way to learn your history because it's the most amazing music you'll ever listen to in your life. Outcast. So, actually, I have something to talk about. We, okay. we, we hear these stories of these really apocryphal stories about these names, you know, the Arangelo, Lamangelo, and, okay, and okay. stuff like the Ladasha. Everybody knows, uh-huh. everybody knows about these, right? Mm-hmm. And lots of people call them apocryphal in nature. Mm-hmm. They are often cited as urban legends. Chris, hold up. Can you do me a favor? Can you can you define apocryphal for me and everybody else that's listening right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so apocryphal basically means something that is not necessarily impossible, but implausible. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it, it's almost like um, something that is unnecessary and something that is often described as being much more than what it is. Yes. And so... so- yeah. So just so you know, I, I knew what apocryphal meant. Uh-huh. I just want to make sure you knew what it meant. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Anyway, so back to, I, yeah, I didn't mean to, to, to interrupt, but, you know, go ahead and finish what you had to say, sir. So, yeah, you, you have all these names, Orangelo, Lamangelo, Ladasha. <laughs> so, I mean, let me ask you, uh, like, we heard growing up, especially in Atlanta, man, we heard a lot oh, of yeah. these names. Oh, yeah. Atlanta's the home of the, the ratchet nickname or or actual given name it's on your birth certificate <laughs> that's terrible i don't know what these parents were thinking but they, well they weren't thinking that's what happened so these things and, are often cited as urban legends on the internet let me ask you are they actually urban legends okay i can't speak well you know what i can speak to a few of them so the first two that you named arangelo and lamangelo let me tell you about them that this is not for any for anyone who's listening. If you ever heard Arangelo and Lamangelo and you thought this is not possible, I'm here to tell you that is is very possible because these two gentlemen are people that I grew up with in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, in case you're wondering how to spell Arangelo and Lamangelo, that is O R A N G E J E L L O and L E M O N J E L L O, orange and lemon jello, Arangelo and Lamangelo. They are twin brothers that grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's real. Like, I don't know why they were named Arangelo and Lamangelo. Maybe their mother was having a little craving while she was, you know, pregnant. But this is the name that they were born with and had to live with. I don't know if they've changed them by now, but this is real. I've called people by those names in my lifetime, and part of me wants to laugh, and the other part of me my heart really goes out to these two young men because <laughs> that is terrible but by far the worst name i've ever heard and or seen on paper has to be shatheed and you know what shatheed doesn't sound too bad when you first say it right yeah but 
But let's spell this for, for all the listeners at home. If you have any small children around who know how to spell, you might want to let them go ahead and walk out the room. Uh, S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. <laughs> pronounced Shithid. One more time. That's S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. And let me just say that I saw this firsthand. And the mother had the nerve to get an attitude when someone made a mistake and actually pronounced it the way that they read it. Just think about that. She corrected them as if they should have known that it was pronounced Shafid. Worst name that you could ever give a child ever in life. (laughs) Shafid, if you are listening, I hope you have legally changed your name by now. So, AJ, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And this is precisely why I call those names apocryphal. Because essentially what that means is that it's untrue, but widely circulated as being true. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some instances where, you know, there are things that are being said that may be true that may not be true. All right. So am I, am I supposed to come up with whether or not they are true? Is that, is that what, what's, going, what's happening right here? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, so, of course, the, the urban legends, so to speak, are not necessarily always about African-American-sounding names. So gotcha. there is a prolific urban legend. I mean, Arangelo and Lamangelo sounded Italian to me, you know. All right, so there's another twin story about... Okay. Uh, a girl and a boy being named Molly and Femily. Femily? Yes, Molly and Femily, spelled M-A-L-E and F. Wait, hold up. Hey, whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> Femily, hold up. F-E-M-A-L-E? Really? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Hooked on phonics work for me, y'all. <laughs> So let me ask you specifically on this one: urban legend or real? It's it's got to be an urban legend, man. Like I, I want it to be an urban legend. Please tell me it's an urban legend. <laughs> so one thing that people have often said to me about the Rangelo Lamangelo thing, and you know, internet message boys and everything, oh, is: sure. Do you have proof? Do you have a birth certificate instead of you know? Most people's proof is that, oh yeah, I know someone who was in the hospital when the when the twins were presented, or mm-hmm. I know the nurse who took care of them, or I know the teacher at the school or an administrator or something. Mm-hmm. But you actually have proof. You actually know these guys. Oh yeah, we played First. baseball with these cats growing <laughs> up. Like I heard that parents called them Orangelo and Lamangelo. When it was time for them to get in the car and go home, like when they were acting up, and you heard their whole birth name, it was Arangelo and Lamangelo. <laughs> All right. So and I've never. I I really just. I wish I would have had the, the sense when I was that young to ask them why did your mom or dad name you that? <laughs> just because they're like I want. I want the whole story. There's there's a reason why. There has to be. Orange Jello and Lemon Jello. Man, maybe maybe she was a big fan of Bill Cosby. No. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna give you some that actually sound pretty harmless, 
but okay. that when you think about them are actually pretty funny. Okay. And you tell me whether or not you think they're urban legend. All right, so gotcha. here we go. Someone named April, May, June. That sounds like it could be real. All it's right. not because, you know, I've heard people named August, you know, April, May, June. Um, have I ever heard any other months? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's real. I think that's real. So that's April, May as in April, M-A-E, June. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. Is that, So was that Urban Legend or was it real? That is Urban Legend, actually. Oh, there, wow. There is no one in a name database with that name. Well, you know what? After this this Dude Logic podcast, somebody's going to name their child April, May, June. Just make sure you give us credit when you do so. <laughs> All right, so here's another one. Paige Turner. Paige Turner. Paige spelled P- Paige Turner. Yeah, P-A-I-G-E. Yeah, for sure. That's Paige is a very common name. Turner is a very common last name. I'm sure at some point in time, someone's put those two names together. And they might not have put, put it together what that really meant before they, they, they named their child that. All right. Yes, there there are some page turners out there. In fact. Nice, nice. All right, and here's the last one. This one might <clears throat> surprise you. This one mm-hmm. definitely might surprise you. Uh, Jay Walker. J as in J A Y or just the letter J. J A Y. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. All right. Oh wow, I'm slow. I just got it. <laughs> yeah. J walking. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, why would you do that to your child? That's terrible. <laughs> hey, uh, Chris, uh, here's here's one for you. Um, I've heard of the name I Perfection. Hmm. Do you remember that name? I Perfection, no. If I'm correct, we need to do some research. We need to go ahead and and uh, and, and put it on Google. Uh, but I believe at one point in time there was a gentleman on Georgia Tech's football team. Whose first name was I Perfection, and if I remember correctly, he did not start. So <laughs> that was really sad for him. So are you um, implying that there's a correlation there? <laughs> there might be a correlation between naming your child I Perfection and them not being perfect. I'm just gonna say that. You know, actually, that's a good point because there actually is a correlation, according to some research, uh, about naming your kids weird names. And them actually going to juvenile hall. So this is actually a big controversy, right? Because a lot of the weird names can be associated with African-American children. And so there's new research out of Shippensburg University that's shown that specifically boys who have what could be considered weird names um, have a higher propensity to land in juvenile hall. Well, I mean, you know, it makes sense to me. If you have a name that is considered weird, children are vicious. Children are going to use that and they're going to attack you. And if it makes you feel like you're you're now having to put up a defense everywhere you go, I could see little boys and little girls lashing out at other people because you get tired of being bullied after a while. And, and the next thing you know, it turns into negative behavior because you just you're tired of it. Um, also, I mean, reality is, is if you're interviewing someone for a job and you see Shadid on a job application how much respect do you have for that person and even though it might be wrong to 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 have 
any kind of negative perception of who a person is based on reading their name, in some ways it's it's subconscious. Like as a human being, you see someone named Mercedes or Lexus or Tequila. Um, how much respect can you have for them at the end of the day? So the actual data says that a 10% increase in the popularity of a name is associated with a 3.7% decrease in the number of juvenile delinquents who have that name. So now, I mean, think about what this implies, right? A lot of boys with uncommon names come from socioeconomically deprived backgrounds. Yes. And they're much more likely to be in juvie. That's, but... You know, all right, so let's talk let's talk on that. Why is it that in these socially economically deprived areas that there is this need or this this wanting to name your child something unique or out of the ordinary that sets them apart? Um, what is what's the driving force behind that? Do you, you have any ideas or anything that you would want to throw out there, Chris? Hmm. I mean, you know, I, I think this kind of goes back to something that we read in college. I'm, I'm sure you read it too. Uh, it's a book, Freakonomics. Yes, uh, by, I did. By I did read that. Stephen Levitt. Yes. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, actually, it's a good read. It's called Freakonomics from Stephen Levitt. Uh, I think he's uh, an economist at the University of Chicago, and he mentioned that African Americans are far more likely than any other racial group to give their children uncommon names. That whites are the most likely to give their kids more common names. And one of the driving forces behind that that was postulated was that essentially uh, African-American mothers want to develop a sense of individuality within their children. And so that starts with the naming process. Now you look at two different kind of arenas there where a lot of African-American moms want their children to have a sense of individuality that's associated with history. And so you see a lot of names that are, I mean, that may be a little uncommon, but more, are more historically related. And okay. then you see the others that are just plain out dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for, for instance, uh, you know, I have an a acquaintance of mine whose name is Shaka, and he was named after Shaka Zulu, the, you know, African warrior and and war, I mean, he was one of the greatest war strategists of all time. If you if you actually go back and you look at the history of, of the Zulu warriors and what Shaka was able to do, uh, he was an amazing tactician. And, you know, there is pride in naming your child after someone like that. But then there's naming your child Cristal. I don't get that one. <laughs> That's how I feel. So what about some of these or famous... For, or, or, or for you know, here's another one. A good friend of ours from our freshman year at Morehouse, Chris. If you remember Hannibal, yeah, yeah. I can see why you would name your child Hannibal. For anyone <laughs> who doesn't know the story of Hannibal, go go Google it because Google has everything there at your fingertips. <laughs> you know, this actually kind of behooves the point. Do people actually embody what their names say? Because I, I will say Hannibal was definitely. A Hannibal type guy. Yeah, he was. He's definitely uh, capable of doing a lot of things, and uh, you know he was a jack of all trades, if you will. He he was a Renaissance man, but yeah. you know so many of our, the people that we associated ourselves with were, which is a, a blessing for sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I do believe that, that that 
your name, what, what your name you're given as, as, as a child when you're born definitely holds power. It holds weight. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm the third. I'm named after my father and my grandfather, which it's, it's a lucky thing for me that my grandfather and father are two of the greatest men I've ever known. And in, in being named after them, I feel there is a certain level of achievement that I want to reach in order to, to live up to that name. And I think that goes for a little bit of anyone. Uh, when you have a name and you've, you've been named after someone of, of notes, someone of power and authority, it makes you want to live up to that. You know, for instance, my, my sister's name is Angela. She was named after Angela Davis. Uh, and my sister is very much a radical. And um, she definitely has had different points in her, her, her life where she has you know, bucked against the system. She's not the type of person that's going to let injustice happen if she's around. And it's very interesting that, that she was named after someone like an Angela Davis who, you know, spent a good majority of her life fighting for those who could not fight for themselves. Do you think you'll name your kids more traditional names? Or... For sure. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I want to... Look, at the end of the day, uh, my firstborn son, you know, to, to the woman that's out there uh, that decides to have me as, as you know, her husband one day, um, the firstborn son, his name is not negotiable. I'm just letting you know. You can name every other child we have, but the firstborn son, it's it's going down. And, yeah, he's definitely going to be AJ the fourth, and that's all there is to it. Uh, but I'm definitely going to give all of my children names that they can be proud to put on a job application. <laughs> <laughs> And not have to worry about being made fun of in the in the in the playground as as <laughs> elementary school children. So you know, hey, I might even name my son Chris. Who knows? Oh wow! Yeah, I wouldn't name my son Chris. <laughs> there's a, there's a tactical reason for that. What about what about James or, or John? No, none of those, man. Because think about it. When you were growing up, how many of those were in your class? And when someone screams out, "Hey, Chris!" How many people turn around? I mean, I wasn't named Chris, so I didn't have that problem. Yeah, but growing (laughs) up, man, I'm serious. There had to be at least maybe four Chris's in my class. If I had a class of 30 students, there were maybe about three or four. And every time someone would scream Chris, four people would turn around. And people would do it on purpose. That's terrible. (laughs) Well, glad I didn't have to have that problem growing up. I just had a million nicknames. Every nickname ever in life and you know most of them because you were there for all of them yeah that's true Yeah. so there's this thing actually that's called the popular name index or P&I gotcha. and so you know if it's the number one boys or girls name it'll have a P&I of 100 okay. so it's on a scale from 0 to 100 of course All right. meaning that the least popular names are towards 0 alright so just kind of ballparking it here where would you want your kids P and I to be mm, I'm gonna say something in the uh, 33% you know known enough so right at, we'll, we'll say right at a 33 right at so 33 at 33 you know it's it's unique enough that it's outside the realm of nor- normal but it's not so crazy that people are constantly asking them questions about their name. 
you know, I just want something that rings as unique when you hear it, but it it's something that's intriguing. It catches your attention in, in the right way, a good thing. What I, about you, Chris? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm generally like within the maybe 30 to 50 range. That's yeah. so, something that won't necessarily get them stereotyped if they submit a job application or something, but also something that where they won't experience the same thing I did growing up. Okay. Listeners, it's time for a new segment. It's called What's Your Move? And in this one, we'll present a situation to AJ and our guest, and we'll ask them what is their next move. So guys, what's your move? What's your move? Our first what's your move is a situation that's not a real situation, or at least it may not be. Aha. Hmm. Interesting. But what, I will give you, what's that? What might the situation be? Oh, well, this situation is a situation in which you are out with your friends in a pretty big city, something like New York, and you- Or Atlanta. Well, yeah, or Atlanta. And you get plastered drunk. I mean, so drunk you can't really function. And you all decide to, you know, being responsible adults, you catch a cab to get home. Okay. Now, in the cab, you start joking around with the cabbie as you're going through the rough neighborhoods. And you're saying, hey, um, you know, where do prostitutes go in the winter? Do they hibernate? And, you know, you, you and your boy start laughing. And he says, no, they sit in cars. You want to see? So he takes you over there. Some come up to the window, and you kind of jokingly ask them for hand jobs. Now, these prostitutes happen to be undercover police officers who proceed to arrest you and throw you in jail. So, what's your move, guys? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and let D answer that. Oh well, that's easy. Um, I'm gonna get a phone number. Folks, <laughs> cuff me, and as soon as I make bail. You know, I'm going to hit her up, and, um, you know, she's going to have to come get me from the station. I don't care if she on shift or not. she got to come get me. And, you know, we're going to have to go down to the coffee shop and talk about what happened. Like, if I'm drunk, look, first of all, I didn't ask her for a hand job. I asked her to hand me the keys in my pocket, and they got stuck. So she's repeatedly trying to get them. I'm drunk. My body thinks that she is trying to play pool pocket. Pocket pool, pocket pool, pocket pool. Yeah. So it, you know, natural responses, you know, kick in and things happen, and you know, the end result is she feels like I did something wrong. Also, if I'm in jail, I'm sure they're gonna have somebody in there looking like Terry Crews, a tiny, uh, you know, somebody that's big. They gonna, <laughs> you know, they gonna see me. They're gonna be like, oh, we got one. No, we gonna be fighting all night. And I'm drunk, so I won't feel nothing till the day after. And I promise you, I'm going to be in one piece. And then afterwards, me and the officer, she going to get her piece because she shouldn't have locked me up when she was playing pocket pool. (laughs) (laughs) D's rendition of this story, not only did he solicit a handjob, but she followed through with it. And then, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like that's that's violating your civil rights in some way. It's just wrong. And that's why, you know, she would pay the piper when I get out by taking me out on a date and getting smashed. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. There, you, well, there you have it, listeners. Uh, D and his street philosophy. <laughs> Never go wrong. All right. AJ, how about you? Wait, wait, wait. I, I thought I was just going to dodge this question. No, nah, man, you get it. You get it, too. Uh, all right, all right. Okay, so first off, I would like to say that this is obviously a hypothetical situation um, because in reality, because of my man beard, I never get drunk. All right, so <laughs> my beard allows for greater capacity to drink alcohol. It actually filters some of the alcohol out as I drink it so that my liver is no is not taxed and I am not able to imbibe enough alcohol to ever get drunk. So this would happen. It would never happen. Uh, the beard would not allow me to be drunk, okay? Second, all right? So, so in this hypothetical, we'll go ahead and run with it. Um, if I were to have solicited a hand job from an undercover police officer, once I got to jail, I would calmly explain to them that no money was exchanged and as a an adult male it is okay for me to ask another consenting woman for sexual favors as long as i'm not trying to pay for it and that they need to release me immediately that's what i would do hmm all right listeners so the way we do this you can write in to all of our outlets and tell us who gave the best answer and who gave the most awesome answer. I think it's pretty apparent who gets both of those titles for this one. I'm saying <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to get both because how are you going to get arrested but then you go out on a date with the person that locked you up? Like It gets no better than that, man. I didn't know we were competing for the most sensational answer, but now that I know, I will take that into consideration. Yeah, logic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, that's dude logic, right? Exactly, dude logic, logic, logic. <laughs> so the second situation is, you uh, we're gonna take it forward a whole bunch of years. You know, you got your kid now, and your kid's in high school. Your kid's playing varsity sports or junior varsity or whatever, and you know your your team's doing pretty well, and, and your kids are doing all right, and. You look on the other sideline, and these dudes look like they're in the NFL or NBA or MLB. Full-grown beards, mustaches, voices all deep. They look all swole. What do you do as a parent? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is D. I'm protesting the game. The entire team got to do DNA. I got to check for steroids. They probably got some A-Rise needles. Uh, and you know, I got to make sure that if they are the age that they say they are, I don't want my child who's of the right age playing against his homeroom teacher who has put on a football uniform and proceeded to pretend to be a teenager. It's not right. It's not fair. And as a parent, I wouldn't expect the other kids' parents to allow their children to do it. But if they did, then I guess I need to get in their face. And then me and them going to have a problem. <laughs> I fight everybody. <laughs> so, 
So that's that's your that's your move. Fight. I'm I'm saying I, I got to fight for the protection of my children, my child. I have to fight for the integrity of the game. So I mean, in essence, yeah, you're fighting. Not might not be in the literal sense, but if it comes to blows, then you know, grab a few helmets, go ham. All I'm saying is, you can't allow it to happen. You got to stand up for your child, their safety, and the right for them to actually compete against children their age. If they out there full beards, goatees, and all that, you got to check them. DNA, hair, blood, steroids, everything. Sounds like somebody else is intimidated by beards. <laughs> All right, so then what would you do, AJ? All right, so this, you know what? This actually reminds me of something that I was reading on UrbanDictionary.com. Oh, no. Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary word of the day is... All right. Cue the drop, Chris. The Urban Dictionary word of the day is... Kindergarten red shirt. Kindergarten red shirt is when a parent, usually the father, will hold back their child from starting kindergarten for a year solely for the purpose and the belief that an extra year of physical development will pay off athletically once the child is in high school. Example. That kid is in first grade, but he looks like he should be in ninth grade. He's a kindergarten red shirt. His dad thinks he'll be a big football star in high school with an extra year to grow. The Urban, Urban Dictionary, Dictionary word of the day, of the day is, is, is. Uh, yeah, you know, this is a real phenomenon. There are children who are in high school who are grown men and should not be playing in high school athletics. Uh, you know, but this isn't, is, is not a new phenomenon. This has been going on for years. I mean, for some people, it could be as simple as being a PG year. And for those of you out there who are listening who don't know what a PG year is, it's considered a postgraduate year. It happens a lot at a lot of uh, prep schools, you know, college preparatory schools, academies, if you will, mostly in the Northeast, where students who have already completed four years of their high school education take a postgraduate year in order to play high school athletics one more season. Um, this gives them an unfair advantage. They're more developed. They've had four years to develop their skills. And it gives them an opportunity to be recruited into college. In my mind, that's no different than any father who holds their child back a year. Is it right? No. Does it happen? Yes. Get over it. It's just something that you have to deal with. I, I'm going to get over it when I punch him in the face. My child out here, you know, looking like Skeletor and, and these kids running around looking like He-Man. <laughs> Well, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't have to worry about whether or not somebody across from me was older or more developed because I had a full beard. <laughs> oh, so it was the beard, huh? Well, I mean, I could grow one. Technically, I wasn't allowed to use it or have one at school, but the fact that I was able to grow it meant that I was manlier. Gotcha. Gotcha, AJ. Yeah. All right, audience. <laughs> Who gave the best answer? And who gave the most awesome answer? Right into us. All right, so we're going on to our last "What's Your Move" topic, and this one, this one's pretty good, man. I th I'm looking forward to your answers. So let's say you're in a stable relationship. Okay, wait, wait. First off, Chris, a stable relationship does not exist. <laughs> it's a fallacy, a fantasy creature. Uh, 
it's somewhat akin to a unicorn. Minotaur. <laughs> Women will not allow for a stable relationship to occur ever. Period. Okay, let's let's just leave stable up to interpretation then. Okay. You can interpret it however you want. Yeah, all right. All right. But this stable relationship is kind of lacking. You can also interpret that how you want. Lacking. All right? All right. All okay. right. Now, okay. you're in this stable and lacking relationship, and suddenly someone that you tried to get at years ago pops up, she finds your house, comes over while your girl isn't there, and says, hey, you know, you're looking good. Uh, I like the way you're looking. I like what you're offering there. Why don't we do something sometime? What's your move? Hmm. Just saying. In the words of young Jock, meet me in the trap. It's going down. Shout out, Jock. All I'm saying is, is if you're hungry and somebody's offering you food, you're going to eat. If she's hitting me up, saying all the right things, buttering me up, stuff's lacking, my girl ain't home, you standing there saying all the right things, asking me when it's going down, the answer's right now. <laughs> I'm heart through it. You know why? Because women are ninjas, and I'm going to tell you why. All they do is sit back and wait. You know why she popped up? Because she knows something lacking. I didn't run around with a billboard or a flyer. She knew it. Her ninja sense kicked in. So guess what? <laughs> if her ninja sense is kicked in and she wants to come by and offer it, damn it, I'm going to take it. And I'm going to take it in the kitchen before she could even say breakfast in bed. They already on the floor. <laughs> so wait, hold on. Hold on, boy. Is that a dude logic moment? That is a dude logic moment. We had... We had two classic dude logic phrases. Women are ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to brave heart my way through it. <laughs> For any of you wondering why we bring D on this show, <laughs> he just gave you the perfect example as to why we value his input. <laughs> he may not say something that echoes with you, but it is hilarious, and my hat's off to you, sir. I'm saying that's a legitimate response, though. If something's lacking and, you know, somebody that you've tried to talk to before presents an opportunity to you, you're filling the gaps in. If you got a flat tire, what do you do? You don't go out and say, oh, I'm just going to leave this tire on the car. No. You do what? You buy Fix-A-Flat. And what does it do? Plug that hole. I'm just saying, man. Y'all see, y'all not, y'all not thinking like <laughs> Street logic, dude, logic is all the same thing. All right, ladies, for anyone uh, wondering what you should do when you have a flat tire, fix a flat and fill that hole. <laughs> Deshane ATL on Twitter. Hit me up, follow me, send me messages. I ain't, I ain't scared. I'm be real. All right, AJ. <laughs> How can you top that? How can you top I, that? I can't follow that. Uh, okay, wait, give me a second. I just need to gather myself here. Um, wait, remind me of what I'm supposed to talk about again? I don't even remember. Hold on. Oh, wait. Okay. It's not right. about women are ninjas. <laughs> all right. Here, here's the situation. So, things aren't going well at home. Something's lacking. 
I'm just going to leave that up to interpretation, but I'm, I'm going to say it's probably something like my girl's not baking enough cookies and I'm feeling like there's not enough cookies in the cookie jar for me to eat. Mm. So somebody who I've talked to before, you know, had a prior relationship shows up to the door and she's, you know, she's giving me all the attention that I want. She's, she's dropping the compliments. She's saying, you know, you look great. You know, you, you look just as good as you did 10 years ago. All of those things that women love to say when they know they're in for the kill. Smash time. Um, <laughs> now, while it might be nice and even flattering to have a young lady come at you like that, more than likely it's because I have a beard. And <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, How is this going to stretch through the whole episode? Just, it's more than likely because the beard is there. <laughs> she's complimenting me the way that she is, you know. So I, I take that with a grain of salt. You hear it all the time. It becomes, you know, second nature. Anyway, so <clears throat> she's now presenting you with options that your girl is not presenting you with. Well, whereas it might be uh, tempting, as a real man, you don't step outside the relationship to find something that you should be getting in your relationship. You address it directly and you let your girl know that you feel... Like, things aren't going the way they should. And you let her know that you're not going to be the type of person to step out your relationship just because things aren't going the way they should. I mean, that's the right thing to do. That's the manly thing to do. Uh, the Mitchley action, and yes, I'm saying it, the Mitchley action is to go ahead and take advantage of the opportunity that is presenting itself. Instead of dealing with your your girlfriend or or wife or whatever directly and letting her know that you're unhappy so i'm taking advantage of something that's being presented to me last time i checked when christmas came around and the presents had my name on it damn it they were mine right mm. yes but who was giving them to you hell the card said santa i mean you know i want to go ahead and give uh, d credit where credit is due that was a beautiful metaphor that you gave of if someone if you're hungry and someone's offering you food you're going to eat it well, that's true in most cases, but if that food has been sitting in, in, in the sun for three days and is rancid, <laughs> and it's come back up on me two days from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, whenever this conversation comes up or something happens, then this is food that I'm going to, to keep from eating. Uh, I don't want those issues as they come up in the future. That's all I'm saying. You're doing yourself a favor by not going ahead and following through with eating that food. I think you're doing yourself a disservice by don't not. Eat, don't eat the cookies, y'all. I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not. Don't eat the cookies. Yeah, be hungry and die. Or maybe you need to let your girl know that you're not getting enough cookies and you're going to go to a different baker if she don't make the change. So now you're going to give her an ultimatum for her to leave you anyway. So then your actions are thus still okay because you are now a single man. At least you were up front with her and let her know. And then as a single man, you can go eat all the cookies you want. All right, listeners. Who gave the best answer and who gave the most awesome answer? Hold up, Chris. How you get away with not answering any of these questions? What would you do <laughs> if somebody showed up to your door offering you some cookies that you haven't had a chance to taste in a while? Well, obviously, I wouldn't be in a relationship like that in the first place. So this is irrelevant. Wait a minute. So, so you're trying to say that in your in your relationship, nothing would be lacking? Nope. No, sir. Man, if he ain't a married man, man, that sounds like a married man answer. 
No, sir. Sound like a Mitchell answer to me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is he playing dodgeball? Because he, he just ducked, dipped, and dodged that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, I take this opportunity to be very mean. And I know this is this is not the traditional view. But I would actually lead her to the point where there is no return, and I would return it. You leave him hanging. Yeah, uh, leave him hanging. So oh, leave him hanging. Man. You just I, gonna have her bake the cookies, warm them up for you, and then you're just gonna be like, "Nah, I'm gonna throw these in the trash." Yep. That's how you do, Chris. So many women That's do terrible. it. So many women do it to so many dudes. How many times do you ever get the opportunity to do it back? Man, cold blooded. <laughs> I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. <laughs> Chris, it sounds like you have some pent up aggression. Uh, maybe somebody hurt you in the past. <laughs> okay. I mean, if that's the case, man, you can talk to me. You know, I'm your boy. To be honest, we are not gonna hug it out on Dude Logic. There for you. Hug it out. Shout out to Ari. Ari Gold. Even though you're a fictional character, hug it out. <laughs> All right. Again, who gave the best answer and who gave the most awesome answer? I think I got my vote. Tell Chris, him. Chris, Chris definitely gave the most Mitchley answer. <laughs> we did not. We did not go into another segment here. All right, you created it. You did. Whatever, Mitch guys. Response of the day. Mitch. Whatever, guys. Mitch response of the day <laughs> by our host, Chris. Oh, dude, I just, I, you know what? At the end of the day, I just can't believe that you would allow yourself to. Hurt this young lady with her ninja sense by letting her bake you a whole bunch of cookies. Question. And then throwing them out. I got the I, I got a better question. Have you ever seen a pissed off ninja? I don't care to, and I have not. You gonna create one. What's your name? Our next section is AJ's gripes, and it's where AJ just goes off about something that is really bothering him. So, what's your gripe, AJ? AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. Well, this week, my gripe is any ridiculous dance that comes up out of the blue that people talk about, and we have no idea where it came from. This week, that dance is called the Nene dance, and... It is literally the worst thing that's ever coming out of, out of Atlanta ever in life. I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't, you need to YouTube it. That's N-A-E, N-A-E, Nene. First off, who is Nene? And uh, why is she coming up with ridiculous dances? Because at the end of the day, it looks like buffoonery and coonery to me. And I really just want it to go away and as fast as possible. I'm making this one short and sweet. If y'all ever see somebody doing a Nene dance, go ahead and hit them in the back of the head and let them know <laughs> that AJ said so. Because that's how I feel. Peace. AJ's Gripes. AJ's Gripes. AJ's Gripes. All right. We've had a wonderful, wonderful episode four. I'd like to thank our friend D for coming back out and spending some time with us. Oh, man. I, I You know, when you guys told me this episode was going to be crazy, like, I didn't believe it. But, I mean, this episode was wild. But by far, one of my favorites so far. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. To the listeners out there, you all want to get in contact with me, 
Uh, it's Deshane ATL on Twitter. That's D-S-H-A-N-E-A-T-L. Hit me up. Follow me. Follow you back. Nothing but love. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. Continue to follow. We got more good stuff coming out, y'all. And as always, your boy AJ, the mouth of the dude logic podcast, man. What's going on with you? Oh man, I'm just excited that we uh we got another one in the books, man. And uh it's always fun to to, to be able to kick it with you gentlemen. Uh DeShane, as always, you're crazy, but we love you. Uh Chris, I don't know how you have all the time in the day to be coming up with these facts, but we appreciate it. <laughs> if you're out there and you're listening, you can always catch up with me on Twitter at AJ's Meltdown. That's AJS. M-E-L-T-D-O-W-N on Twitter. You can catch me on Instagram at AJ underscore the underscore trainer. That's AJ the trainer separated by two underscores. And you can catch me on my blog at AJsMeltdown.com. All right. And for the podcast, you know where to reach us. www.dudelogicpodcast.com You can catch us on Twitter at at DudeLogicPod. You can t- catch us on Instagram at DudeLogicPod, Facebook, www.facebook.com slash DudeLogicPod. And you can hit us up in our email. Please hit us up on the topics today, DudeLogicPodcast at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a wonderful Wednesday, and we Chris, will see you next week. You got to let them know where, you, where they can catch you. You know, they want to they catch up with the host. You all going to make me do this, huh? Yep. On Twitter, at CG Skeezy. Hey, man! Sounds like a porn star. It does. It does. CG Skeezy coming to you from West Coast Productions. (laughs) It actually, my URL, which, you know, is my blog, I spit a few things, science-y and and artsy and poetic. Uh, It's www.thelifeandtimesofthemind.com. That's the life and times of the mind.com. All right. Yeah. You're looking kind of confused there, fellas. Yeah. Uh, the life and times of the mind.com. I just want to say something to our viewers. Chris is actually pretty humble. Don't be fooled by that title. <laughs> it sounds like my brain should be in a sauna with a newspaper. It sounds like he's brain from Pinky and the Brain. You saw how that worked out for him every week, right? Trying to take over the world, man. (laughs) (laughs) One podcast at a time. One podcast at a time. All right, everybody. We had fun with you, but we got to let you go. Have a happy Wednesday. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later. I'll let you boys.